1: What's poppin'?
0: Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Rajah Bell there. How you doing, Ra? What's going hey, on? buddy. Good. Just chilling, man. Like, uh, high school season's winding down. Um, you know, it just... Kind of weird spot for the NBA calendar. You know? Like, as a player, your inner clock. I'm sure we'll get to that. In the inner clock, it's a weird kind of time where you're kind of like, mm, need a break. Uh, yeah. You know? So, I'm, I'm chilling though. It's the diggity-dog days. Um...
1: And, you know, usually when it's the dog days of the season, right, where you're scrounging to find topics to talk about, there is, uh, there's, all, there's something that happens. This always tends to happen around the dog days. There's something that happens or a whole thing that happens that just tells you, oh, I resonate with this. I want to talk about this. And that happened on Friday night at Crypto Staples Center Arena in Los Angeles. When the Grizzlies, who are, you know, friends of the show with the team. We love the Grizzlies. Lakers, eh, we'll see. But they were matched up at Crypto Staples Center. And Dylan Brooks gets in his bag and he sees one Shannon Sharp. (laughs) And he says something that we probably can't repeat on this show. Shannon Sharp says something back because listen, what, he, what he's sitting courtside. This is his whole bag. He's going to say something back. Turns into a whole brouhaha of nothing, where you know T. Morant gets involved. Ja Morant comes through. There's some. There's some. There's just a crowd that descends upon Shannon Sharp, who's sitting courtside with a. With the warm, but I don't know where the direction of this was going, cardigan. Right, he's he's there. Him and his cardigan and his glasses and a, 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 a crossbody bag. Um, pulls up, brings a whole scene. Stays in the stays in the arena miraculously. Um, tells ESPN's Dave McManaman, they didn't want that smoke, right? Uh, turns it to the biggest story in the NBA world, <laughs> right? He's, I want to preface this: we're just about recording this on a Monday on uh, Monday morning, where Shannon on Undisputed says he apologizes to the, the Memphis Grizzlies as a staff record label and a crew, and just apologize. He's on the apology tour. Raja, when you saw this, what were your thoughts? What did you think? Where are we <laughs> as a league? <laughs> and
0: as a profession, what's going on? Let's talk about this. I had I had a lot of thoughts. I don't know where to start with the altercation. There were so many pieces of it. Um, what I don't know what Dylan Brooks yelled at him. Um, like you said, we might not be able to say it on the pod. Like I don't know, but I as a, as a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Calling a spade a spade while I am a fan of theirs, I often think that there's way too much antics right and we've talked about this right like there really hasn't been anything done yet for 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 the for the amount of i don't want to say swag because you're allowed to have your swag, but the amount of noise that comes along with them everybody on that team pops shit like and you know while i can be a fan and 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 like watching you and think you're you know poised to to do some good things i mean popping shit is usually best done after achievement right so let's just start there like i don't know what kind of shit he was popping but he was going off at it and and you know shannon yeah you you know you're not in you're not in the game anymore You're not in the game anymore, right? And I'm a Shannon Sharp fan too. And so I can say that I've been in his shoes where like, you're that close to it. You know, when I sat with the Cavs and shit, like I didn't have any skirmishes like that, but there were multiple times where I would be sitting there in the box or, you know, say I'd be sitting at practice and somebody on the team would say something, you know, a little slight, like taking a little jab at you and your natural instinct as a competitor who's usually able to defend himself is to defend yourself. But it ain't your place anymore. So I think Shannon on you know, Emotions got the best of him. And and it was what it was. I was here for all of the, the the, you know, I enjoy a good skirmish. You probably had a bourbon, you know. You probably was a late Friday
1: night, you know. Yeah. Watch Dad. Yeah. Watch Dad okay vibes. With
0: Let me say this, though. I mean, let me just say this. Let me say this. Let me say this, me say this definitively. This is definitively. Because I okay. the rest of it's just conjecture. But I'm going to say this definitively. Not a single person that ran their ass over there, except maybe Steven Adams, wanted any problems with Mm. one Shannon Sharp. That I will say definitively. Dylan Brooks, eh. John Morant, eh. John Morant's pops and all 145, unless he was holding that thing. eh. Once that boy got his hands on you, it was going to be a problem.
1: Okay. There are two retired NFL players that look like that they can go into a training camp tomorrow. That's Terrell Owens. And that's Shannon Sharp.
0: Yeah. And Shannon's bigger.
1: And Shannon's bigger. Both look like they could still run a four or five if you need them to. They could still get a, get a, get a, uh, get a run block, you know, be a lead blocker for Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Well, maybe not anymore. Sorry. We'll talk about that later. Um, but there was an interesting thing you, put, you brought up in, 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 your, in your brief diatribe. You know, I'm in a bag. We had Stephen A. two weeks ago, so I'm really in a bag with my words. Professionalism um, at its finest. When you, you talked about just like, you know, especially the former player aspect of this. Now, Shannon didn't play in the NBA, but he is a former player and an athlete, right? That's not something you turn off when you are not in the game anymore, right? But. He's also now a personality, and he's also now a pundit, right? And that gets into the weeds of a lot of the stuff that me and you talk about, Ra, which is the intersection of um, athletes and journalism and how they clash in together, right? And I'm not calling Shannon Sharp a journalist, but he is a pundit on Fox, Fox uh, FS1. How, how much does that play a part into what went on into that? that that situation on Friday night. And like, is there boundaries that need to be set? Because let's say if that was me doing that, Raja, I'm getting kicked out of the arena. If that is Joe Schmo, he's getting kicked out. He or she, or they are getting kicked out of the arena. Where are we right now? Like when it comes to like, is there a boundary that needs to be set with this? And what does that say about the current landscape
0: we're in today? Um, there's a lot there, right? That's not, forgive me a second while I gather my thoughts. Um, first of all, Unk is, Unk is, is a LeBron ride or die, right? Like he's unabashedly like a LeBron ride or die. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'm a LeBron fan too. Like he holds LeBron down regardless. So let's, let's start with, you know, as a LeBron, that's the genesis of the whole thing, right? Like the, the back and forth, was in regards to whether or not, you know, Dylan or Memphis could handle LeBron because Ong was was riding with his guy, which is straight. Like, I'm cool with that. So, you know, the fact that you are on TV a, a, a bunch and you've got this platform and you hold this dude down all the time, well, when that comes to the court and we're spitting that, like, that's going to be an issue. People People's ears perk up a little more than if you were an average dude sitting there and could afford courtside seats, but don't nobody know who you are. Do you know what I mean? So, like that in and of itself, you're like, oh shit, that's Shannon Sharp. He's over there, popping, not getting kicked out of the arena. I mean, yeah, dog. Like if if you were if you were Team Braun, and Braun was like, yo, that that's my uncle, you ain't getting kicked out of that arena either. Nah. Gonna find it. you're not leaving. I mean, they might escort you somewhere and pacify the situation, but they're 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 not gonna do that. Like, trust me. Um, I just think we we live in this where like things used to get handled. I talk about this all the time, and I don't mean to be this old curmudgeon, but it pops up in my life, in my kids' life, and in, in um, you know, they're in all these competitive environments all the time with football and basketball and soccer and different stuff. And and we live in this world where 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 these young people, I'm not saying Dylan or or anybody like that, but just in general, these young people are used to being able to say whatever they want. Without any ramifications, right? Because a lot of their interactions are done via Instagram or Twitter or Chap snat or whatever the fuck else they do. So I'm sorry, so, wait, hold on. What, what, what the fuck? What did you just say? Snapchat, what bro. You- I, just, I like to call them stupid things, but all of their interactions are, are done on these <laughs> platforms. So I'm talking shit and I'm clowning you and you can't reach out and touch me, you know? And, and so. You 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 got this generation of people that just run their mouths incessantly and don't think that anyone will reach out and and really touch them, you know and and look for better or for worse, Shannon Sharp is not from this era. He's not, and whether he crossed the line or not, I'm not going to sit here and debate with you. That was not his place to do that in that forum. But you are going to run across cats that. That are going to check you for 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 acting like there are no ramifications for those words, and I have this conversation with my kids all the time. I've had it in my life. People ask me. I had a young one of Diaz teammates came home with me the other day. Young young wide receiver. He was here um, to hang out because he didn't have a ride to the basketball game, and he asked me, you know, everyone's a Kobe fan, and I love Kobe, but he and he asked me about that. Yo, why you had to do that, Coach Rod? And I told him the same shit. Like I got no problem with Kobe, but at the time. Kobe thought because we were in between those lines and because he was one of the greatest players on earth that I wasn't a man, or at least that's the way he projected to me. And it's only so much, you know, before somebody is going to touch you, you know? And so like we live in a world where that shit happens all it's prevalent everywhere and just ain't about that life. Now, you know, those waters get really muddied when, when your job is to talk about athletes, and you know, your credibility is on the line, whether you can keep it um uh uh partial or non or non-partial, rather, you know, and 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 call a buck a buck, you you kinda gotta you gotta live above that fray. And and Unc made a mistake, but the, the it boils down to Logan, you run your mouth to the wrong person, and ninety-five percent of these youngins might not. But but you you keep running it and somebody is gonna hold you accountable for that. Mm-hmm.
1: So back into like the uh, the I, I want to get into the and you're right about all those things. I'm really disappointed about the chat snap, dude. I, I just I, I'm really just flabbergasted. <laughs> <I'm>, I just. <laughs> I know that you, I know that you know the right answer to that, Raja, And we're going to get back to the, the, the subject at hand. But damn it, Raja, come
0: on! Don't be that old. Please don't be that old. Why? Every, why does everybody have to know where you are at all times? That that shit is crazy to me. That platform is crazy to me. And I'm not hating, so don't. But like, I mean, I'm on the gram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on mm-hmm. you know Facebook as an older 46 year old person, right? Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But that one takes it a step further. My kids tell me like they're like, "Yo, so and so is here." I'm like, how the hell do you know that? They're like, well, I yeah. I can track them. It has their location on. What I, in the hell? I I know, I know. Okay, but
1: okay, I'm sorry. Okay, back to the back. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I I get you. I, I'm just roasting you because you said the name wrong and on purpose, and you're being mean. Okay, but anyway, um, the question that I have, and like back to the to the point of like Raja, uh, not Raja, um, Shannon, like being. For all intents and purposes, a somebody along the along the court side, right? Right. You were as a player. Do you guys do you guys know who was like the, the the only comparison that I that I can compare to is like Spike Lee, who's who's constantly talking to other guys, right? Do you guys know like yeah he's good? We're just talking shit. Like, where where, where does it get to a point where it's like, hey man, hold on. Even if you are such and such, you got to relax. I've never
0: encountered, I've never encountered that. I always, I always with anybody that heckled courtside, um, that I knew, and they had a profile that was large enough for me to recognize and, and maybe even be a fan of myself. Uh, we are all there, there, there are levels of brotherhood, right? There are different, uh, clubs that you're in, like, right. Like we're all in this club of recognizable, like entertainers usually, do you know what I mean? Or. Or people like that, and so it would never rise to the level, or it didn't with me. And and people would say I had a hot head, but I never got into it with somebody, you know, like that. Now I would talk shit to somebody in the front row if they were talking shit to me. I would use it as fuel, but never to the point where you're 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 you know you're because when Dylan about, Brooks did it, it, it seemed like like somebody was in his head. Like like it seemed like he.
1: It's one thing to say like. You know, when you hit a three in somebody's face, like, yeah, fuck you, you know what I'm saying, and like laugh and run to the other side of the court. It seemed like it was a personal bit of like you, mm. like it got you out of your. It got Dylan Brooks out of his game, right? Like that's what it looked like at the, at that during that process, right? What is the balance that you have to have? Because I feel like, man, it's just that that was one of those things that like you just wave Shannon off, like whatever, bro, like or something well, yeah. like that. It seemed like it got him and the Grizzlies out of their whole game and it gave something bigger.
0: So yeah, to be fair, you, you are correct. Um, and while I've sit, I've, I've sat here today and I've said that Shannon, you know, has to be above that. I mean, he's a spectator. If, if he were inclined to come into that arena off a few hennies, that's his prerogative. Like, I don't know that he did, but he ain't got shit to do. He's sitting there front row, And it's Friday night in LA. He's chilling. Like you got a job to do. So when you're out there on the court as a player, Nothing that happens in, in those stands aside from someone, you know um, I've had instances in LA where my family is being threatened or something like that's happening. Now I got to tune in and get, get involved with what's happening in the game that can be distracting. But if you're just talking to me as a player on the court, like I'm doing my job, I can't be, I can't be like uh, uh, easily enough distracted to be involved with you when I'm out there. So you know the, the Grizzlies themselves, uh, um, Dylan, all of them. Like they were, they were even more wrong than probably Shannon. Not wrong, but but uh, they had a job to do that night, and Shannon didn't. Is the best way to put that shit. And so, if you're gonna be in, caught up into it with Shannon, like which one of you can't now do your job the effect, the way they should that night?
1: Yeah. Well, the biggest thing for me is just. As an NBA player and as a player in general and as an athlete, you know, you've been around athletes a long time. You, you are an athlete. I've been around athletes a long time. The most important thing for the most successful athletes and the most successful teams is being able to compartmentalize, right? It's it's the most essential thing that you can do as a team, as a as an individual player, and that's, I think, my gripe right now with the Grizzlies as a whole is that they ha- aren't able to do that. They are all in the, w- they are way too connected with the outside world and what's going on around them. They are very aware of where they stand in the league. They are very aware of what their potential is and not in a good way. Right. You see, Josh saying, I'm fine with the West despite not proving anything. I don't even know if the stop, despite the fact that this team hasn't proved anything in the Western Conference. I don't even know what their standings are right now. I don't think they're number one, right? In the West. And so you're saying all these things. You haven't proven anything in this league. You haven't proven anything as a team. Last year, you stuck your chest out. And lost in the second round when you guys probably a team you guys probably should have beaten, right? That the, everyone said that you guys you guys are the more talented team. You probably should have beaten them, right? And then this season, I've been telling you this. Like I saw them on Christmas Day, fumbled the bag didn't play well after talking a whole but a summer of cash shit after losing in the second round to a team they felt they should have beaten and then going into that to Golden State and going into that arena and then not then not uh winning uh, on the biggest when the all the lights are on you when you have the biggest game of the calendar and then I take that back into this game against the Lakers where they get into this skirmish that honestly could have been avoided on all sides, right? But specifically, Dylan Brooks, it could have been avoided on his end, and he has had a history of just letting things and stuff getting to his head, right? He's had a history of that, and there's just seeds of this with this team where they're just. Not that the moment is too big for them because I think they're really really talented, but they let they let a lot of the outside noise get to them, and not only do they let it get to them, they feed into it and put in more into that, despite the fact they haven't even done anything and that's that's what I always comes up for me with the Grizzlies yeah, I mean, look again
0: i w- I want to want to make sure anyone who's listening understands what I'm saying here. I like the Grizzlies I'm a fan of a lot of their players um i think I think they are they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I think they're I've I've said before, I think there's some things that that they need, one of those being more more of the the vet kind of leadership type of people, which brings me to this point about them. And and it's going to come off it's going to come off in a way that I don't mean it to, but it's the only way I know how to say it. They give me AAU team vibes. They they you know, when you go into the tournaments and you see you know, these really super talented teams and it, it's hard to just focus on the super talent and how good they are because of all the other shit that's going on, you know, it, it, with the team, like the antics and the, and the show and the, you know, the, you know, just a lot of stuff going on. Now, again, that's just personal opinion. I am, I am from an era past. Like, so today's, today's, um, consumer of 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 the NBA and and today's player, they came up, you know, with 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 different norms and different things at their fingertips and different uh uh uh, acceptable practices when you're certain places. And so they probably don't mind it at all. But they give off AAU team vibes for me sometimes where I'm like, damn bro, like that just what we gotta be doing all of that. Like does it have to be all of that? And the reason I say veteran shit is because the vets typically are the ones that can you're not gonna kill it because you know John Moran is the leader of that team and he is he is heavy with 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 a lot of stuff. I love John Moran. So you're not gonna kill it because ain't nobody telling John Moran not to be John Moran. But you could help, you could help smooth out the edges of it a little bit in a way where where it's more palatable for an old curmudgeon like myself. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be really good and I can still say, hey man, there's just a lot, you got a lot of antics, bro. You don't need all the antics. Like all you gotta do. Like, just win. Just do what you do. You don't need all of that.
1: I'd like to say that this is not just isolated to the Memphis Grizzlies. Because I don't want to feel like we're picking on a Memphis Grizzlies. But I'm not. There's precedent for this, right? Like... I mean, they remind me a lot of the 0- 0809 Cavs. Remember the 0809 Cavs, LeBron's first year, where they would just like they were they were winning sixty games. They were kicking ass. They were take. They would do like the group pictures, and they would do the player intros, and they got a lot of a lot of criticism for that. In the moment, right? Like, they got a lot. Like, what does this team do? Had the same, like, AAU vibes. And it's cool, man. Like, you know what, man? I bet it's hella fun to be on the Memphis Grizzlies. It's hella tight. Like, you get to you get the spotlight. You young. You in the NBA, bro. You wanted to... to the, every time y'all do something, it, it gets attention. Like, it's probably hella tight to be on the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's, I think it's just growing pains, right? Like, I think that this, this is something that they're growing through. And I think that's going to be... What they should have done last summer, which is get the veterans and get all get these t- the the I'm not gonna call them the mid tier guys. That's the wrong way to put it. But like there's the old guys on the team, there's the young guys, and there's like the middle aged, really good vets, right? The the guy, the vets that can play and they can get you some buckets. Some glue you might need guys. To pay a little money. Glue guys, right? Um and so that's. I don't think they're winning the title this year, and I think if they don't win the title this year, they are going to have to have that type of summer where they revamp their roster. And you were early on this, Rod. You were like, "Yo, man, they might need a little tweak in the trades." Where maybe it's not like a guy. You might on the surface it might be like, "Damn, they subtracted to get this guy right." They probably subtracted. They 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 traded a core guy that that was so good, that was young. Like when the thunder traded for Kendrick Perkins as an example right where like on the, on paper it's like damn like why do they trade this for this guy no nah, but you need veteran leadership you need somebody we all both know perk going to tell somebody hey motherfucker you need to get in here. this is what you need to be doing they need somebody like that and i think that's going to be very crucial for this offseason because next year they are going to the the uh, the all the uh, lights are going to be on them and it's they're all it's not all going to be friendly next year because especially if they don't go to the finals or win a title or have a good show in the postseason. So they are go- this next summer for them is so crucial for that reason. So
0: what, what you're describing is overall professionalism. And this is not, to the point you just made, uh, uh, unique to the Memphis Grizzlies. This is, this is almost every young team so we might has, be talking about the
1: Pistons like this in a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? It's a real, young no, great team. Real we talk. Any about young,
0: any young great team that you've seen mature right in front of your eyes and be right at this, the doorstep of of winning a championship, and then eventually evolve into a team that gets over the hump and wins a championship or goes to finals, and is you know if you watch that evolution, there's a point in time where you're saying they need they need to mature a little bit and become more professional. And I've been in those locker rooms. I remember being young with the Sixers and and we're going to the finals and the lights were bright and we were going out and it was good times and and the, you know, while I wasn't playing a, a whole lot in, in those series, I mean I was playing more than I probably should have in the in the Lakers series, you know. So like they were counting on me to contribute, you know? Um I wasn't dialed in. I wasn't locked in. I had a lot of stuff moving around. Like there was a lot of stuff going on. Shit, I wanted to be out. Man, this is the yeah. finals. We in LA. I'm on mean, the streets. Be, yeah, Use I'm trying the to streets. Be, You know, I'm trying to maximize, bro. Like we're, you know, and so as you continue to age and develop and you've been through, you know, different circumstances in terms of winning and losing and having heartbreak and success, like you start to understand what it's about. And that's all part of the you know maturation process and and quest towards professionalism and then you know eventually you get there whether that be by the addition of pieces around you that can help you learn to be a professional or just the organic like arc of a player but once they tighten up just a little bit you know so the next time I'm in a situation like that with with with, with Phoenix or or Dallas like I'm dialed in you know I'm I'm dialed in like I I remember in 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 Philly um and how, you know, I didn't feel great in game two because after we won game one, I ain't do what I was supposed to do. And so, you know, now I'm like, yo, bro, you get your ass something Yo, what to was eat.
1: LA like after y'all won that game against NL one? And the the game one in the finals. What was that
0: like? Well, LA LA didn't really love us after we won game one, bro. They didn't we we had to stay there. I mean, it was it was good times. Good times were had. But uh it wasn't it wasn't like the city was celebrating us. It would have been cool to have won that at home. But, you know, I learned. And so what, what I'm saying, I, I'm saying a lot to say that Memphis and a lot of young teams, right now it's all kind of fun, right? And that's cool. And fun is important, especially when you're playing over a hundred games and you're being with somebody every day. And I applaud the coaches that can keep that atmosphere light and, and keeping guys engaged and all of that stuff. But there is a level and a threshold of professionalism that you're gonna have to meet to give yourself a chance to get over the hump. Cause when you meet, when you meet your counterpart and you look him in the face and it's a game, you know it's a, it's a seven game series equal and comparing apples to apples the more professional team is going to win that and that's all we're saying that's all i'm saying it's not a knock but professionalism is important especially when you start to see your peer and he's looking right back at you like no nah, i'm not here for shits and giggles bro i'm i'm, I'm here for this ring
1: yeah yeah let we'll take a quick break we're going to talk about the dog days of the nba next
0: This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com.
1: by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Hello, this is your Real Ones podcast, and I am Jade. Did you know producer Kerm's jump shot is broke as fuck? That boy gets no buckets.
1: And we are back. Uh, Ra, I... Um, I took a, uh, I went to Chase Center yesterday to go see uh, Nets Warriors. And um, it was the same day uh, as in the Bay Area as Cowboys Niners. Mm. At the same time. Mm. When I tell you, when I tell you that the Chase Center media area, was empty. <laughs> you weren't fighting anyone for an interview, huh? But it wasn't fighting anyone for an interview. When I tell you how empty it was, it was empty. And Chase Center sells out all the time. We got to get you out to Chase Center for a game. You got to fill up. You know, yeah. They, you're right, right, ra- right. Ra- ra- in the bay, we, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Um, but Chase Center usually sells out. It was, it was, it was dead. Either we were going to, either they were, everyone was on the stream looking at the Niners game. Um, or they were looking for a score, or they were doing something. The pregame was literally in between questions. Steve Kerr looking at the monitor at the press conference room, not listening to the question that we're asking, because he's watching the beginning of the Cowboys-Niners. You know what that's called? It's called the dog days of the NBA, Raja. Yeah. In my mind, there there are two sets of dog days in the NBA. It is right the time that we're in NFL playoffs, right? Um, like early January going into like right into all star break. Those are like the dog days, right? And then there's a couple of weeks like right before the playoffs. Well, no, no, not right before the playoffs. Like right after all-star break, like in early March, right? Where we don't quite have like the the the, the playoff races coming, right? But we just we're we're still kind of getting back into the NBA season. At this time, Raja, what is it like, Ra, for the the psyche of an NBA player during these times where there's not a lot going on? Your mind might be elsewhere. There's a lot of NBA, NBA players looking at the NFL playoffs right now. Like, what what is the mindset of a of the dog days of the NBA during this time?
0: Yeah, the, um, <laughs> you're, you are right. There's there's this lull, like heading into All Star break, where your internal clock is saying to you, man, it'd be cool to get away from these jokers for a little while. Like you need a break. Every It's hard being around someone all the time, right? And especially they're not your real family. So like you you naturally know that it's time to take a little break. Whether, even if things are going great, even if you're playing well, right? Like it's just time. You don't have time built into a season to take a three or four day romp to like, Cabo or wherever you like to vacation you know what I mean so like you're feeling that like I'm and then the second one is pre-playoff push um probably a little different now now that you, you know you got the play-in game but you know you've been on teams before where like you know damn well the playoffs aren't really in the cards here or, or whatever and so you fall into this elongated kind of dog day scenario but most most of the time it's it's kind of pre playoff push in that weird area between all-star break and playoff push. So um, most, most people's minds right now, I mean, you're in kind of cruise control as a team. I always talk to you about, you know, at the beginning of a season, when you know who you are and I, what have I said? I said roughly a quarter of the way to a third of the way through the season. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of know who you are as a team. You've hit your stride by now. Most teams I was, I was on, we were in cruise control, meaning, You know, you you, you knew your rotations, you knew what to expect most nights. You had a great feeling going into most games about the outcome. Either, man, this team is, we're going to wipe the floor with them. Like, cause there are games that you go into and you're like, yo, we're just going to beat the brakes off of these dudes. We're not even, we don't even see them like that. You know? And then there are other games where you're like, no, formidable. Like we got to, let's, let's go in there. Let's tighten up. Let's be a little bit more focused. Let's play ball. You're, you're in basically cruise control groundhogs day in terms of, in terms of Travel, getting up, pregame meeting, or travel—you know, bus. Let's hit the, let's hit the uh, shoot around, back, nap, eat. You know, you're just this. It is Groundhog's Day, bro. You're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so now <laughs> you're starting to talk to the to the to the family and and to your people. Hey, bro, where are we about to go? Like, what, what, uh, what are you guys were you guys thinking? Like, we're starting to plan vacations, not unlike at the end of the season when you know you're not making the playoffs and you're trying to figure out when are the movers coming how can i get my car shipped home <laughs> like plans are in place you know so that's needed and the break i applaud the nba for for elongating it because before while it was a refresher and we all needed it it wasn't long enough to really recharge your battery and get back to neutral you know like get back to neutral and then recharge it was just enough to kind of get to neutral now i think they get a little bit more time and it gives you a chance to really like recharge you know and 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 come back fresh Um, that second set of dog days is, is more interesting because again, if you're a team that's not in a playoff hunt, I mean, who gives a shit, right? Like, we're just trying to get this shit over with. Maybe I'm playing for, you know, my livelihood. If I'm a free agent, um, maybe I'm locked in to this deal. Um, you know, there are any number of things that could be going on, but the ultimate thing is we're, we're going to be done. When the season ends, we're, we're over when regular season ends, but it can be dangerous for those teams that are now, you know, 10, 11, um, you know, and and you're looking to try to make that playing game because you could sneak some people in there that, that are at the top that are, that are kind of cruising and everyone you can sneak is valuable. You know what I mean? So like those are interesting times being on teams like that. So you got the ones that don't care at the bottom, the ones at the top, well, it's not that they don't care. It's that they're like, "Hey, man, this has been a long season, of good basketball, and you might be able to catch us slipping on in, on a random night, like in your town, uh, especially if there's cool shit to do in your town. You yep. know what I mean? Like, a lot you of might scheduled losses. Yeah, you might <laughs> catch us slipping. So, if you're one of those weird teams in the middle, it's hunting season. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, it it really is interesting. But I, I think as a player in general, you fight you fight the uh monotony of it right around this time of year and and then again pre-playoff push it just happens to you you don't even see it coming something starts to you're a little distracted you're just a little bit like maybe even on edge a little bit with people because you've just been around them so long
1: so i'm not going to say any names but i was talking to a um i was talking to a a, a player in the league who you know might have you know, business, you know, like, could in a world have business at All-Star Weekend, right? And um, I'm asking him, I'm like, yo, man, what are you, um, you going to All-Star? You know, what's going on? You know, make it small talk in the, in the, uh, in the locker room pregame. You going to All-Star? And he, and he gives me this look, and he says, bro, I could choose between Salt Lake City for this trip, for this break, or, or I could choose an island with sunshine and a beach. What you think I'm choosing? And I had to, I, I had to take that right. I was like, oh shit, I'm locked in. I ain't even, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that, right? Of course, right. You have participated in All Star weekends, if I'm, if I, if I remember correctly, right? I think you, you did, did you do a three point contest?
0: I did. I was there to participate, and my, my wife had a medical emergency, so I did not get to participate. But I had okay. to go and report and do all the media, and I, I had to leave. The day before the event sure sorry that that happened it's okay the overall question is in the
1: lead up to that though is like what is going through the mind of a person that is like weighing whether to go to all-star weekend or not right because not all like not all players who are participating in all-star weekend they're they're still going even if they're not participating in events like how do you, how do you weigh? Like I'm gonna go to this shit, or I'm not gonna go to this shit. Like, what are you? Oh, how are you? Dude. What are you guys thinking up around this time?
0: So you go through, you you evolve as a player. When I was young, my second year in the league, All Star Weekend was in Philly. Oh, mm. I was in my fucking glory. I was there for <laughs> all of it, brother. Like I was. This was it, man. All-star weekend. We're around the town. It's in Philly. It was it was glorious. It was fantastic. You were in right? your bag? Oh, I was in my bag. And then, you know, the next year after I did it, I was in I was in Dallas. I forget where All Star was that weekend. But I remember It was in LA, and, I think. Right? Or no? No, no not LA. It was in Atlanta. Oh three was in Atlanta. Yeah. So I was like, no, nah, I don't want to go to that, man. I don't want to go. And then it just progressively, like, once I went to one. I ain't wanna go to anymore. Because I came back from the first one exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like exhausted. I went too hard. <laughs> There's no time once you come back to catch up. So Especially now you're back there.
1: because you guys like have a Tuesday game or some shit right after All-Star game All-Star Weekend. Bro,
0: you are right back there, man. And you had to be back by like by two PM or something that 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 Monday. And then you were right back in in the grind. And so I always um after my first or second year in the league, after my second year in the league, I didn't want to go to All Star at all. It was always, and it's not so, you know, you said Salt Lake. Let me defend Salt Lake. That shit has nothing to do with Salt Lake City. That thing could have been in, it could have been in some of my favorite spots to be at. And I did not want to be there because of what, you know, it, it, everything just descends on that town. It's, yeah. it's super crazy. There's traffic everywhere you're running. There's, there's a lot of shaking hands and a lot of like, you're just fried after the weekend. You need a vacation from the all-star weekend. So, you know, most, most people, especially dudes on good teams that, that carry a lot of, uh, responsibility on their team. If they're not obligated to be there because of a, uh, a, a, you know, a selection or you're competing in something, they don't go. So the year I decided I would go, um, I, uh, you know, I the league didn't think I could shoot and that year I was one of the best shooters in the league. So I was like, yo, I'm about to go win this shit. Like I had something to prove. I'm going to go win it. I didn't get to shoot that year. The next year they invited me back and I told them no thank you. I don't want to go. I'm good. I was over it. Like I had been because one night there all of the meetings, all of the media, all of that shit and then I had to leave, but that was enough. I already knew. You invite me back, I know I'm not going to that. I'd rather go kick it somewhere, hang out like let the pressure kind of, you know, uh, uh, slide off and then I, I get back to work. So I think most people, if they've experienced it and they're not obligated to be there would tell you that the, the rest, the relaxation, the disconnect from it is more valuable to them than, than going to hang out and party and watch a dunk competition. Yeah.
1: I, I, I could, I could understand that. It's just, those are the conversations you have in a, in a, in a, in a locker room setting during that time, right? It's like, what is going on? What do we do? And there's always like, my favorite is just the scheduled loss at this time, right? Just the scheduled loss. You know, like that. You know when you're in a, in a in a in a in a you know when you're in a time in the season where it's just it's just tough. It's just tough to to, to get up. It's cold everywhere you go. It's just it, the January is a tough time, man. It's a, it's a yeah. tough time in the league. It's just tough. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Those mornings, man. Oh, those are some tough ones, man. You're getting off. You're getting off a plane at like two in the morning. It's freezing. You, you know, you're getting to the hotel. It's cold, and then you know everybody's coming down at at like I don't know. Let's I don't know like nine ten a.m. You're getting it's freezing cold. You got the sweats on. You're getting in the bus again. <laughs> like,
1: wait, hold on, dog. Let man. me tell you. Let me let me give you a horror story from that I heard last night, dog. The fucking the Nets. I think this this isn't the last game of their trip. They're playing Philly, uh, their next game. But after playing a a full game in the Bay Area, they they took a red eye to New York, get in at six, just so they can have a night in New York. And then they're going to bus to Philadelphia for their game against the Sixers, bro. After, listen, that is the last game of a, however long, like a five-game road trip. And you got to go back home for a, like, Take a red eye, go to New York, and then take a train to Philly to finish your road trip, Raja.
0: What you know about that? I I don't. Well, I mean, I played. What was in the, the CBA. worst? What was the worst like turnaround you had to do? Um, the worst turnaround I ever had to do. This wasn't NBA, so forgive me. I know we're in NBA pod, but I played for the CBA in Yakima, Washington. So we uh, it was up in Union, like up, yeah, up in Yakima City up in the valley. I yeah, was yak city, bro. Sun Kings, though. We won a chip. Uh me, David Vanterpool, like we had some good players on that team. But we played Idaho in um in Yakima and the brilliant CBA um people scheduled us on a back to back. So we we're playing in Idaho against Idaho the next the next night. So they didn't have flights for us. So everyone everyone had to load into a bus Who's together. Who's all of the team staff, both teams, all got on a bus <laughs> and had to drive out of Yakima after the game. Shower up, get on the bus, and drive. What part from of the Yakima year is this? Together, this was '99, maybe. No, what part of the year? Like, is this is this winter time? What, oh, what, dead a winter, dead a winter, dog, dead a okay. winter, dead a winter. So drive up th- back through the mountain and to get to Idaho. So my buddy, who was it, Carlos Daniel? Myself and my man, Silas Mills. We're like, now we're good. Silas has a Tahoe. We're just going, we'll we'll hop in with him. I don't want to be on that funky bus with both teams, like nowhere to lay down and sleep. It's three of us, right? Lowe's can sleep in the front. I was the young buck, so I'll just sleep in the back. And Silas will get us to Idaho. So I don't know what time they got to Idaho, but we got lost. So (laughs) we... We got lost. Cy Mills got us lost. So we show up in Idaho. Um, if it's a seven o'clock tip, we showed up in, in, in Idaho at 6.15. Just in time to get like a cold shower to try to wake yourself up and, and get moving and get out there to play. And that was my worst, my, my worst back-to-back ever. It was a shit show of a story. But I like to tell you people do? this. How'd you do? I think I, got, I think I got ejected from that for hitting somebody with an elbow. I was like... Yeah, I hit someone with an elbow. He busted his face on the floor, and and I, I call like how was the CBA, bro? Face.
1: What's the CBA like? What was it like, bro? Like, because well, I, all I think about is um, <laughs> what's it CBA uh, was wild, semi-pro. Bro. All I think about is semi-pro at the Flint Tropics. That's what it seems like. What is that like?
0: It's not unlike that. It is not. What is unlike, it not? It's not unlike that, brother. Um, it's it's actually a fair. I mean, obviously they took some liberties, but. The nuts and bolts, the skeleton of that, yeah, man, yeah, it's pretty accurate, dude. Like, so we played, we played in the Sun Dome, Cool Arena. Um, the the fan, the community supported us like heck. But I lived in a Best Western um, for for roughly two years. I had a mini fridge and and a little microwave and like seven hangers where you could hang your stuff. And then like a little shuttle bus, a little Yakima Sun King shuttle bus would come pick us up every day for practice. Take us to practice and bring us back, and then you were just stuck at the Best Western. You know, was for the, the Best for the, Western
1: right. popping? Like, what was what was what was the vibe at the Best Western? dog? I mean, it,
0: it went down at the Best Western, man. Like, because the other teams would stay at the Best Western too. So, like, when they were in town, you had you had more shit to do. There'd be dice games in certain rooms. People would be doing stuff. But I didn't have a car, and only okay. if only the dudes that were from like that, you know, that Western Northwest part of the United States had a car. So between the team, there were like three cars. So. Damn. You basically were just dropped off at this Best Western and, the you know, there ain't for no yourself. Uber Eats, there ain't no no, none of that. No, nah, I ate IHOP at like two meals a day for two years, bro. Like it was, <laughs> it's what it was. But my favorite league, and I tell this story to young players, and I don't know why, maybe, maybe I played in the USBL. Which was a mm. summer league at that time. When I when I came out of school, I did not get drafted, but I did get into the NBA. I did get drafted into what was the USBL, and so I played for a team called the Tampa Bay Windjammers. And we would play locally, like in 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 Broward County. I don't even know why it was called Tampa Bay, but we were playing right here in, in like Fort Lauderdale. So we'd hop on a plane, <laughs> uh-huh. and we'd go up, and let's say we play we play a team in 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 Washington at George Washington right University. So mm-hmm. we we play that game, and then you'd be playing to maximize, you play probably like five games up in that Northeast. So we'd all hop into like two Ford Tauruses. You're talking about six, eight, six, nines, like two or three Ford Tauruses. These were not vans. We'd hop into these small cars and then we'd hit we'd hit a, 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 a team on the shore in New Jersey. So this was my job. I shit you not. You get there at like two in the morning. The next morning I get a knock on my door as the rookie. Two garbage bags would get dropped off. I would have to take, it would be people's funky ass uniforms. jocks socks tights all of that shit they wouldn't give me any money just the bags and nasty shit and i would have to go sit in a laundromat all morning wash everybody's shit right find a way to get some food in me or something like that bring it back get it to everyone and then go out and start for the tampa bay windjammers that night and bust your ass in your town get back in that car go somewhere in pennsylvania Get that shit dropped off again the next morning after sleeping for five hours. Go wash everybody's shit again. Disperse it again. Go out and play in Pennsylvania and do that five times on an East Coast road trip. And so I always tell people, if you want to know if like pro basketball is for you, playing some shit like that. Bro, this that, bro, that shit will tell you what how you much were- you want that or not.
1: Uh, so when you get to the NBA, like, what are you thinking, bro? Because you're fuck. You went from washing motherfuckers draws to like, I'm about literally, to fuck, I'm guarding Kobe Bryant in the NBA finals. Like what the, what is going through your mind?
0: I literally told my dad, I don't give a damn what they asked me to do. I'll get, I'll get the Gatorade. I don't care. I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. I don't, it's not even like, um, so for a while I was just happy to be there, but then you're, then you're inner competitor kicks in when you're at, at practice every day and you're looking around and you're like, but well, he ain't that much better than me, bro. Like that. I can play with that, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, so initially I'm not going to front. I was just happy to be there, bro. I put that practice gear on, stand in the corner. If I got a rep, I got a rep. And then I don't know about a month went by and I'm like, man, that ain't, I mean, I could do this, you know? And so, so then you start to get a little antsy about like trying to prove to somebody that you can. And it took me I mean, it took me, I don't know, maybe two months before Larry Brown or one of them asked me, hey, can you guard Vince Carter? And I was like, yeah, I could guard. Vince. I knew I couldn't guard Vince at that time, but I'm like, yeah, I could guard Vince. Come
1: on. <laughs> no, wait, what sure. do you think, bro? Because you're going fucking eating IHOP all the time because you know how the NBA spreads are. It's plush. It's great. You know, it's a great buffet after the game. They They spoil the shit out of y'all after games, dog. And I'm just like, my hungry ass is like, oh, my God, it looks great. We, I'm not eating it, you know. That's that's against protocol. I ain't doing shit. I'm not. I'm not messing around. This is y'all house. But I'm seeing it. I'm like, damn, y'all eating these, these good ass, gourmet meals. Well, and, the,
0: like, the, and then like, at, the, how do you go? Like, what do you go from there to that? At the time, we didn't have those spreads though. Like Philly didn't have post game spreads. We'd have like pizzas, boxes of pizzas, and stuff like that, which was dope. But what I always liked was your media room. So ask anybody who oh. wrote about me. Or wrote about the teams I was playing on, most of them would say they've seen me in media rooms. Cause I'm fucking up our food. Room. You was also, oh, you I was I'm coming up in our house and fucking up I'm our shit. I'm getting my coffee. I'm grabbing something to eat pregame. <laughs> like I'm hanging out in the media room for a bit just to get right. And then I hit the court to warm up.
1: Bro, I, there's been plenty of times where I've seen coaches like before games, like right. Like I'm not talking about before games, three hours before, motherfucker, like 20 minutes before the game. Don't give me, I gotta give me a quick little popcorn real quick. Let me get some full real quick. Just get me in there. Like where where the media room, i Let me go get some. It is (laughs) it is so funny, bro. Dog, I I I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that grind,
0: dog. I don't know how we got there, but but it is it is it is, you know. So it was always interesting to me. Like when you played in the CBA, cats like myself that that had no other opportunities, like we were, we were fine. And in most cases, the ones like myself that had an opportunity, like with the combination of skill level and tenacity, like all the things that go into making you a pro, the ones of us that had opportunities to get out of that, for the most part, you'd get out, you know, because there was this hunger in your belly and you didn't know any better. So you would stick there long enough to show someone. The ones that got kicked down from the NBA, so they started at the NBA, right? And were like fledgling NBA players. And then they would get kicked down to teams like ours. Most of the times they never made it. Cause they couldn't like, it was, you, 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 you know, I, I might not have either. If the first thing I tasted was the NBA life, and then you were like, yo, man, sorry, you got to go down to that CBA. Cats would just, they'd be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that shit.
1: No, nah, bro. Or they do go down there and they think they better than they are. Like, I've seen plenty of bounce backs from the NBA that go to the G League and, like, think that they're better than they are and try to act like the superstar that they should have been in the NBA. And they just do all, whatever that looks like in a G League or or or, or semi-pro level, you know, they, they, they think that they are... Anointed something, and they are that you know they should be afforded these things because they played like sixty games in one season for a random team, right? It's it's the the G League and the semi pro leagues are just so interesting, and that's where you see work, real work, getting done. That's when you see motherfuckers are really getting after it, and they are just they're really like what goes into the mind of someone with no guarantees like that, Raja, like you, like bro, like you, there's always, there's always like somebody saying, Raja, go fucking get a job somewhere. Stop. What are you doing right now? Living at a best West. You can live a
0: better life. Like what what are, what are you thinking in that, that time? Um, that's yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, cause even the G league now, I mean, I, years passed before they started getting paid. It was probably more like my experience, but now like you're, you're making pretty decent money. Like, I think I was making like $7,000, bro. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? To play basketball. Like something your room and cra- board paid for it. Something, something, cra- and your room and board paid for it. Like something crazy where like, it wasn't going far. I There was no option for me. And it's what I tell my kids. Like there, you, there was no option other than that. It was going to happen. I was going to make it happen. It didn't care. I don't care how many people told me it wouldn't happen. I didn't care how many people told me it couldn't happen. I don't care how many people tried to stop me from making it happen. I remained unfazed in that shit was going to happen because I was going to make that fucking shit happen. And it's all Mm. I knew. And it's, and it's, it, it couldn't have worked for me any other way. Now I'm not saying that that's a good lesson for kids necessarily. Right. Because sometimes that shit don't happen, but for me, there was no alternative, Logan. It was what I was going to do. If I had to, you know, stay in the CBA for three or four years, no matter what that looked like, it was what I was going to will myself to be able to do. And, and I, you know, I got blessed and I was in the Some of that's right place, right time. Um, there's a lot that goes into that, but what was in my mind was I love playing basketball. Um, I've I've seen a little bit of NBA. I don't think that, that some of the people on those teams are appreciably better than me. Um, so I just have to keep fucking working and keep taking opportunities and putting my best foot forward, and I'm going to make that shit happen.
1: And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you have a discussion during the dog days of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. That, that is our uh, Monday show. We got some um, some notes for you. Um, we, uh, during, before our last show, we, we, we had a little announcement. The Ringer NBA show is going on the road. Everybody that you know, the Ringer NBA show, where we'll be descending on um, Salt Lake City, um, including the two voices you are hearing right now. Me and Raja will be sharing a stage. We back, Salt Lake. We back, we back. Salt Lake. We back. Uh, So we'll be out there, man Make sure you go to thestateroom.com For tickets We will be there February 18th um, In Salt Lake Uh, I think doors open at 9 I don't have the full information in front of me Doors open at 9, show starts at 10 Um, Don't know when me and Ra are hitting the stage just yet But we we will see you guys there In Salt Lake Listen, man I've been talking to Raja. He's ready to be. He's full politician, man. He's he's shaking hands. He's kissing babies. But, you know, um, if you see him in the airport, a little, like, sleepy on the way back home, just <laughs> that's the only time you don't talk to him. Just, just, like, let him be. Let him keep the hood over his head, the glasses on. But um, we will see you guys in Salt Lake, man. And that has been our Monday show. We will see you guys on Thursday. Talk soon. Tap in. Tell your friends. See you later. Holla.